Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 277 with a review of Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we snuck into our theaters, and we uh, spied on the Russians, and we came to talk to you about Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. How are you doing uh, today, Carson? Or are you uh, not allowed to say? I I can't tell. I can't. I, I took an oath. I can't reveal what my actual job is. Well, what what do you say, Carson? We just get married, and then uh, <laughs> you will be able to tell me. <laughs> yes, he'll he'll immediately break the oath. Well, not immediately, but you know, well, he'll, think... he'll break the oath by the time she uh, starts uh, asking questions if he's having an affair, <laughs> if I'm having an affair, and then you know. Kevin Costner will be like, this is, this is geopolitics, not couples therapy. <laughs> I'm your therapist. This is this is acting, not my usual stuff yeah, I do. Yeah, this, this is, I'm the shadow therapist. Ah, uh, good times. I'm, I'm really in the other Jack Ryan movie where, uh, you know, I'm losing my memory. I've got three days to kill. <laughs> you know what's sad is I watched that trailer and... For some reason, I don't even remember memory <laughs> loss being part of that trailer. I think I remember that. Like he, well, that's why he has three days to kill is because he's losing his memory, so he has to go find the bad guys. He, he won't remember where they are. <laughs> so it's it's basically crank, except for instead of dying, he just forget. <laughs> it's basically like if yeah, if, if if Liam Neeson had some amnesia problems in Taken. He's like, where's my daughter? I mean, or where's my son? I mean, daughter. <laughs> I don't know. That, that would be interesting. They gave you the Beijing cocktail. <laughs> if you don't It'd be great if out. he had to keep, like, injecting himself with something. To, it's uh, ginkgo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ginkgo. He's going to take his, uh, you know, over 50 multivitamins. Right, and, he's going to uh, take, mul- take a bunch of gummy vitamins. to <laughs> Ginkgo uh, pills. <laughs> Uh, good times. He, he has to keep taking them so he can uh, retain his memory. That's going to be the plot of Red 3. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Eventually, they'll get there, yeah. <laughs> Don't act like you wouldn't watch Red 3. Well, I'd watch it if that was the plot, where they had to take <laughs> multivitamins to remember what the hell they were doing. Oh, That'd be okay. hilarious. Well, <laughs> fortunately, we are, are still fairly young and can remember what we're doing, uh, even though we do get sidetracked a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I can usually remember most things. Yes, like like the fact that we're here to review uh, Jack, uh, Jack, Jack Ryan. Jack, Jack Reacher, I thought. <laughs> yes, Jack Reacher. Actually, I think Jack Reacher show, makes an appearance trying to figure out whether or not Jack Ryan did anything wrong. He's like, I think I told you, or my dad asked me over Christmas break, he's like, so why did they replace Tom Cruise with a younger guy? <laughs> I was like, no, this is Jack Ryan. This is a completely different franchise. Yeah. Although made by the same studio and, you know, also named Jack. Yeah, also named Jack, also a uh, person who was in the military and now is going around <laughs> trying to do covert badassery stuff. Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah. And based on a series of uh, popular books. Yes. All right, well, uh, what do you say, Carson? We take a look at the trailer for Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit and then come back and give everybody our review. Okay. This is cornerback, I have a situation. Somebody tried to kill me. 
Jack, does work okay? Uh, yeah. You know, you sold this as an office job. Why don't you sit down? Now talk me through your very scary scenario. Keep in mind, I don't have your PhD. Tokyo, London, the United States. It's gonna be a wipeout. We'll never see it coming. You're not just an analyst anymore. You're operational now. Jack? I have to go to Moscow. Why don't you want me to come? Because I'm gonna be working the whole time. They play rough over there, Jack. Victor Cherevin is unpredictable. You Americans like to think of yourselves as direct. Perhaps you are just rude. Perhaps you're just touchy. Jack, you got another problem. What are you doing here? You I'm... lied to me for three years. Somebody Come on, of course not. I, I, you... I, can we have a, a, minute, a minute, please? No. This is geopolitics, not couples therapy. Partnerships are delicate, Mr. Ryan. Sometimes they end violently. What the hell is going on here? Sometimes the ones closest to us are the ones we should trust the least. We all have our secrets. You think this is game, Jack? They will bring us to our knees without even firing a shot. There's a very real scenario here where we don't get out of this alive. We are compromised. If you find the truth, will you believe it? That was the trailer for Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. It is a story of a young man by the name of Jack Ryan who uh, is a smart kid. And then he goes into the military and, you know, gets shot down in a plane. And uh, while he is, you know, going through recovery and stuff, he gets approached by this this uh, mysterious man who, you know, works for you know, some, some possible branch of the government or something. And uh, he gets recruited shadowly to uh, figure <laughs> out uh, what kind of crazy stuff some of the are you know some of the other countries out there might be doing you know he's got to make sure we don't get attacked again so uh, right he's ba- part- he's basically like the uh, you know he's a he's a hardcore analyst yes well he, he he's really, just a smart enough dude that uh, you know he needed to be recruited because well he he ing- he aggressively looks at numbers and pretends to be on Wall Street you know with like ninety eight percent less uh, midget throwing. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll just say that uh, he makes all his money by being that damn smart, not by selling people pink sheets. Yes. 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 Well, I mean, explain it to me, and remember, I don't have your PhD. Yes. Yes. Um. So, Carson, what did you think of Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit? Well, uh, Jack Ryan might have a PhD in geopolitics or whatever. You know, he's might be a super smart guy, but. Uh, this movie is uh, is barely. I, I'd say it's. Uh, I'd say it's at failing level. Um, you, you you missed the obvious joke of saying he might be super smart, but this movie is super dumb. I I just botched that one. <laughs> I thought you were I, setting yourself up for that one. I'm basically. I, I feel like this movie is. Uh, the whole movie is like when Kevin Costner in that one scene was just like, "Remember, I'm an idiot. Please explain it to me that way." <laughs> um, because I feel like the audience, he's really just pretending to be the audience and saying like, "The audience will not get your mumbo jumbo tech tech talk here." 
You need to you need to explain it to me like I'm an imbecile. It's like okay, I mean, this is this is one of those movies that where they have to tell you that Chris Pine is playing an American. Like that's how dumb it is uh, at times. <laughs> you know, the I don't first, even know what that means, Carson. The first line of the movie. The first line of the movie is so it opens with Chris Pine in school and it's on 9/11 and the first line is like a, he's going to school in London. The first line is a British student who's just like aren't you American? Sorry, mate. And you're just like, <laughs> I know he's American guy. Like, come on. Well, I, I think, okay. So let, let me just, before you go on, let me try to defend that scene because I was actually pretty happy with the way they handled that scene because, um, it, it played nine, like it, it wanted to use nine eleven as the setup for this character's, um, like motives for everything that he does moving forward. But they really didn't want to, like, overly hit us with, like, sad 9-11 imagery. So they put him not in the U.S., surrounded by people who are not in the U.S., and you don't you don't directly watch the towers. You're only seeing them reflected off the side of a, like, marble structure or something like that. So they basically tried to do as little as possible to use any sort of 9-11 imagery and even got rid of the people yelling and screaming and just had like people in another country responding to the event. So like, I actually think that the way they downplayed that was, I, I just like that they downplayed it and they didn't go for like the super sappy, like overly, like they didn't want to show any of the imagery as much as somebody else might. Like they didn't start the film with nine eleven tapes of nine one one calls or anything like that. They, they like played it as subtly as possible. And while it might be, dumb from the sense of like somebody having to say he's an American I thought it was like it showed the reaction of people who weren't hit um I don't know I I, I think it was just it was done in a tasteful way and so I I will defend that opening scene well I feel like they could have just had that opening scene and not have that guy say that line because we obviously know that he's shaken up and the whole reason why he you know joins the military is because of these events yeah but you and also yeah. you also don't necessarily know like it's not well, ap- it's not apparent directly that he's not in the u.s when that happens anyways well i know it says london right when it starts so yeah but yeah so i already know that he's out of you know the country yeah but there there's many moments like that um and then when he you know is forced to become an analyst there's you know the scene where the guy says like well this guy ain't walking out of here it's like yeah no crap like he just you know got shot down in a helicopter like i think i can uh, i mean there's just a lot of like this movie just feels like it feels outdated before it's even over like i, I mean what's well, because it's set back then <laughs> no 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 i mean like the, the movie itself like it feels dated I, I, already. I was just teasing <laughs> i mean well obviously because that was whatever but yeah um i i it it just even for like a big studio movie that they're trying to reboot this franchise uh i mean even for a movie like that it feels like wildly mediocre like i i I mean calling it mediocre is like a, a huge compliment i think because really this movie i mean it has really nothing going for it i think the most interesting thing about it was I think, don't quote me, but I think this is probably the first movie where Kira Knightley speaks with an American accent. So I, th- that was the only thing where I was like, I, I don't think I've, I don't think I've seen her talk with an American accent before. 
but other than that, I, I mean, what does this movie really have to offer? I mean, there's there's really no stakes, and the overall plot is basically just recycled from uh, Live Free or Die Hard. I mean, they really should have used those satcoms. I mean, Justin Long <laughs> told us about that. I mean, why why was it Kenneth Branagh hacking into those satcoms, man? Hey, that, for the, there was for no, the fire, there was no sale. fire sale going on. There's a total fire sale. That's it, what they wanted no, to do. It was not. They weren't trying to do a fire sale. They were trying to bring down the U.S. economy. Yeah, the okay, so the fire sale and live free or die hard is all systems go offline. the The reason they call it the fire fire sale is because it's all 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 systems must go, as in shut down. It's not that they're using commodities on a global scale to try to destroy the American economy. Like, but, I mean, it was the exact same idea, though. Well, yeah, they were yeah. trying well, to, to it, every, every single movie, within. there's a foreign threat trying to cripple America. But this, like, I'm not, I'm not saying this was a completely original idea. I'm just saying that the comparison to Live Free or Die Hard is not the same. It's pretty similar, though. And Jack Ryan did not take out a helicopter with a motorcycle i i would have liked to have seen that <laughs> he took out I a mean... helicopter by taking off a safety belt <laughs> <laughs> well he took he he drove that car like into the into the the river or whatever but uh... well, te- technically he didn't <laughs> no but i mean like the i mean if you've seen the trailer for this movie you've pretty much seen like the cliff notes version like you you really don't i mean what there's really nothing else in the movie that that adds more substantialness to it. Well, I mean, here's the thing. I want to say. I want to say two things. One is that it's not that this film is bad. It's just that the film doesn't necessarily do anything special. Like it's this is a decent episode of a decent television show. Um, it, yeah, it, it feel it feels very much like a later season of Twenty Four. But like, if if you're watching anything on TV, like even the the stuff that's on like right now, like if you're watching The Blacklist or you're watching Intelligence or um, I'm Any assuming show on I'm, CBS, I'm I'm assuming a uh, uh, person of interest and like shows like that. Like this is just like a like it, it's it's a lot of stuff we've seen before, but it's just a different character. Like this isn't a substantially awesome standout on its own spy thriller it's just a continue along the same trends of stuff we've seen before like it like it it doesn't do anything heinous on its own it just sort of is and does a normal job of being a normal thriller film Uh, right and i think that's the reason why it ends up being heinous is because it really just offers up nothing that we've already seen, you know, that we haven't already seen before. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like that you, you could make a, a substantially terrible thriller. This is just a, a recycled thriller. Like it, it, it's oh, very recycled. This, this is like thriller by numbers where you, you like, <laughs> you print out the instructions on how to make a thriller movie and then you throw money at it until you have it. And they oh, did yeah. that and they succeeded in doing that. Um, I, I don't like, I don't think it, like I enjoyed watching it. Um, I wasn't like, yeah, dude, this awesome is, this movie is awesome. But I was, but I, I just, I watched it and I had fun watching it. Uh, I, I think for me, what, what I think the biggest problem was is it feels like this film wanted to be on the one hand, like, it seems like the the creators of the story and the, and the way it was written and the way it was sort of directed, or actually it seems like they wanted to write it as with a lot more humor in it and and the humor got directed out of it like there's a lot of things that happened that 
I feel are supposed to be played for laughs, but they don't, it doesn't hit that mark. Like it doesn't have the kind of tongue in cheek kind of humor in it, but there's situations that are, are, um, that are potentially funny. Like somebody else handling the material, it would have come off as a joke. Like, I mean, just the way that Keira Knightley responds to, to him when she figures out what his job is, like that was clearly meant to be humorous, but nothing really in the rest of the film was meant to be that funny yet. And like, there's just, there's moments during it where like, I feel like the movie wanted to be kind of, it wanted to be good. Well, I mean, (laughs) everything wants to be good, no matter how bad it is. No, but I mean, I, I see exactly what you're saying because I I felt like it should have used a rewrite to add in a lot more uh, character moments and levity because it needed that desperately. Yeah, I mean, I, and also, like, there, there's, you know, the scene towards the end where he's trying to Sherlock everything? Um, right, yeah, like, he's on the plane, yeah. Yeah, like, and part of the reason is that, like, we have the BBC Sherlock to make Guy thinking to solve problems, like, super awesome, and anybody else who does think to solve a problem is never going to be able to compare to Benedict Cumberbatch, like, it going into his, like, mind prism, whatever the hell he calls it, um, uh, but, or mind palace, or whatever, whatever the hell he calls it. Um, but, uh, in this, when he's doing that, it's supposed to be, like, that's really the first moment. That, I mean, yeah, they've been doing spy stuff the whole time, and Kira Knightley has been sort of stuck in the middle of it. But, like, that's the first time that she's supposed to kind of, like, see how smart he really is supposed to be in the film. And, like, she kind of just is like, okay, cool, he's doing his thing. When, like, just the way everything is built and the way that she's kind of, like... Since he can't tell her what his real job is, she thinks he might be in an affair. Like, once you get to the stage where you're like, holy shit, like, this guy is really super analyst. He's not just, like, a guy who had to go to some dangerous dinner. Like, this is a guy who should be doing this job. Like, there's there's this aspect of their reactions. Like, this film almost needed, like, a little bit of night and day sort of sprinkled through it. Like, the way that, uh, right, that movie was called Night and Day, right? no. Yeah, I mean, at least that movie attempted to have humor, even though it was it failed most of the time. But yeah, no, I mean, like that yeah. movie was a bad movie, but like Tom Cruise was awesome in it. And no, he was every, he was holding it together. Yeah, every single scene he was in was well, like they needed in this film to have just a little bit of that in it. Like obviously his character's supposed to be more, uh, you know, more grounded and more real. Uh, but right. I think that. Um, Kara Knightley had to be a little more Cameron Diaz in this film to like go for that humor in the scenes that are technically humorous as opposed to kind of just like trying to play it really straight and not allowing the funny moments to be funny. I mean, I don't know what the choice was in that because, I mean, Kenneth Branagh, who directed the movie and starred in it, obviously, but uh, I mean, he also directed the first Thor and I mean that movie was fun. Like I mean, so it's it's evident that he, you know, I mean, he's not a bad director. He's directed a lot of great movies. But why this movie had all the fun sucked out of it, I don't know. I mean, it does reek pretty hard of of meddling, like of you know too many uh, hands in the pie. But uh, yeah, and it does feel very much like it was shaped by uh, test screenings. Just because, and I was watching, because there's that one scene in the movie where, you know, toward the end, during, like, the big climactic action scene, 
and I remember going like, uh, wait a minute, uh, I don't remember that in the trailer. And so I go back and I watch the trailer again, and there are so many shots and like lines that were omitted from the movie that are in the trailer uh, that I, I was shocked. Like that, there's that whole there's a there's a scene in the trailer where there's like a car and it's like somewhat submerged in water, and then there's like a like an FBI team like coming through. It was like that never happened in the movie. No, it, it, did, it it did happen in the movie. That was the it, scene where they drive the bomb into the bottom of the thing. Yeah, it happened, but there was no FBI team that came in to well, surround it, the car. Yeah, but in the movie they are entering and like. It, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there's all these sequences that maybe I felt like that they maybe filmed one way, and then they were reshot and changed around. But that that's just like, regardless of you seeing the shot that's in the trailer, that scene was happening in no, the it, film. No, it happened, but it just didn't happen the way that you know they. It, it's it's an example to me. It's it feels like an example of cutting a trailer to make it seem like it has more action and intrigue than it actually does. Uh, I mean, it's it like example would be like in the Predators trailer. There's that shot where Adrian Brody is like standing and all the red dots, you know, from the Predator thing come at him. But in in the actual movie, it's really only one. But like Robert Rodriguez later stated that yeah, we like digitally added a whole bunch more to make it seem like it was like this really intense thing. And in the actual movie, it's not. It's only like him facing off against one predator. Well, the, so I mean, the, they they the do that difference... all the time, where they like try and they try and you know misdirect you into thinking like, whoa, this is gonna be like a lot more epic than it looks. But but the the difference is like, without saying exactly what's happening in this film, like if if what what you're wanting to convey is that somebody makes the decision to like eat a hamburger you don't have to show like 20 people standing around an unopened like big mac box opening it up and going what the hamburger's gone and then cutting to somebody eating the hamburger around the corner like all like the scene doesn't change if if the idea is that one person takes the hamburger and then goes off and eats it you don't need to like there's no difference between showing that and then showing a scene where everybody looks at the empty box first and then cut to him eating the hamburger. No, I mean, the scene doesn't change, but it just raises questions as to what that scene was and why was it changed. That's what I'm that's what I'm getting at is because it feels like a lot of that was presented in the trailer and in the actual movie it never happens. Like especially the line where Kevin Costner says, you know, everyone has secrets. And I kept waiting for that in the movie because my theory going in was, well, it's they're obviously they're making it very they're making it seem very obvious that Kevin Coster might not be who he you know that we think he is or whatever. I mean, you know, they like to give a lot of things away in trailers, but I was just you know that was my theory going in is that you know he might not be a good guy or whatever. And it's funny how that line isn't even in the trailer. And the way that it's cut is to make you almost think like, whoa, there's going to be like a big twist or whatever. And Yeah, but the, the trailer also gave the impression that possibly Keira Knightley was in on it too. Right, right. And But there was no like, there was nothing that was in the trailer for her that wasn't in, you know, the movie. That's what I'm saying. Like, 
I don't know. There's just, it feels like the, it just, like I said, it raises questions and it feels like maybe at one point they had like a different, you know, ending or subplot and things got chopped down or whatever. But, but if, if you also take the scene where he first asks uh, Chris Pine to, to explain the thing to him, he in the movie he says, why don't you run me through your very scary memo? And in the trailer, he says, why don't you run me through your very scary scenario? And like, it's not like, like, oh, they must have totally reshot that scene. They probably just did the dialogue because they no, wanted I mean, it to sound like scenario sounds cooler than memo. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do that all the time. But I just, I don't know. It's just, I just noticed like certain things were off when, when we, uh, the movie actually came. So that's why maybe like it raised the question that they made a lot of changes. I don't know. But I mean, the fact that the fact of the matter is the movie as as it is doesn't really add anything to like this genre political thriller spy thriller like i mean they've tried to do this is like the fourth time they've tried to do jack ryan and like i i mean if i had to watch one of these movies like i would just go back and watch one of the older movies because i mean those are actually pretty good but i don't know they just never caught on so they keep you know going back and trying to do it because i mean like his the Tom Clancy characters are very, you know, popular. And, uh, well, I mean, it's clear that they want to, they wanted to re like, cause all those other films feel very disconnected. Like you could see them without knowing that they're really about. Oh yeah. Well, Jack, I mean, cause like, they, they kept trying to, they kept trying to redo it. I mean, they tried to essentially do this movie 10 years ago with Ben Affleck, you know, as like the young Jack Ryan, but that just never caught fire. So, yeah, and but but I mean like as as the reboot goes, they had to do a lot of shit. Like they had to, like the the first thirty minutes of this movie are nothing but this like montage of like how do we take him from being this guy, like this kid in the school, to being this super smart analyst. Um, yeah, and 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 like that's another thing is that like it felt very rushed. Like I kind of would have liked to have gotten you know s- spend some time seeing jack ryan you know go through you know his stages of of training or whatever like i i don't know there's just that whole opening sequence just felt like we have to get this out of the way so we can get to him actually in action yeah which which in and of itself isn't there's not a problem with that because this is an origin story so to speak um, I just th- yeah, like, but I, yeah. The the, but the next one is when they're really gonna try Carson. I know, but that's the thing is that like they a lot of these movies nowadays are all about like they're essentially just the setup, and then they're hoping that it does well so they can make the next one. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean this this de- is clearly a a franchise starting film, right? Um, whether or not the next one gets made, but like the it reason why the reason why it works so awesomely in. Uh, jack reacher is because in jack reacher we don't have to get this introductory story because our jack reacher character is supposed to be this ghost who just shows up out of nowhere and then does a bunch of stuff so like that character is designed to be mysterious they don't got to spend time explaining him because we're not supposed to know who he is exactly and in this film it's supposed to be like the hero guy who we're supposed to know his whole story I mean, I like that approach, though, where we don't have to go through all the introductory BS because you can get bogged down or you can screw that up easily. Like, obviously, a movie like Batman Begins where, you know, he's not even in 
he's not even in the Batman costume for the first hour of the movie. Like that, that's a strong example. Obviously, I mean, movies like that or Star Trek, like they're, they're like the you know go to recent examples. But there's so many other ones that just try to do like that kind of take or the take the origin take and fail like i mean lone ranger last summer tried to do the exact same thing and you know it didn't work and uh i i feel like i feel like this movie does have a lot of similarities with jack reacher even though you know obviously they have similar titles but uh i just feel like in jack reacher i mean everything about that was just so much stronger from you know the the acting to the to the script to the story there are a lot of like very interesting characters and you know the the the, the thriller aspect of that film was there like i mean i i i definitely got the entry and you could see why like this was a a character that you could uh you know spend time with and be you know want to read multiple books about like i i totally got that like that movie you know made me want to see more like this movie is just like i could care less if they do another one like maybe it would be stronger the next time out but i doubt it like i doubt they'll even get there because no one saw this movie this weekend but, um yeah like i just i just feel like with jack reacher i mean they they i mean they even have like similar looks almost and feel uh like they just I just feel like that movie was a much more was a much stronger approach and and this was kind of more tailor made to like the I don't know it just was it just felt very almost ADD like it was just you know going through the motions as quick as they can and really it's like like I said there really has nothing it has nothing to offer in this movie I mean the spy stuff isn't cool there isn't really like a whole lot of you know spy sequences like there's the big action scene or you know scene where he has to like steal all the files or whatever it's like but i mean you know come on like like when you compare this to something like you know the last mission impossible like it's just there's it's like night and day you know no pun intended keep naming all these tom cruise movies (laughs) Um, well i i I, all, all i'm trying to say is that i think you're harping on this film for not being better than it was without saying specifically that like you're like you're calling it bad when it's just not special i mean it's not special and no no, no i, I agree that i agree it that is, it's not special but there's but a difference between a film being bad bad and a film being not like special i mean i feel like because it's not special it is bad like i it i agree that it's not the worst movie but the fact that it's so weak, like it's such a weak effort, it's like why would you put all of this, you know, effort into making something with no effort? Yeah, I, no, I, it's. I mean, it. it I, I think that that this film's only fault is a tonal issue. I think that by by changing the tone a little bit, you can make a a decent, um, if not at least competent spy thriller. And I think that oh, yeah. just the, the mean, tone was missed a little bit um, because there's not a whole lot wrong with it there's there's even stuff that that is theoretically interesting or good i mean even though, like we've already talked about the the whole um the whole beginning montage stuff that gets us to where we are and and yeah like that that may make the pacing of this film off and you may think that could be jettisoned but what it gives us is if this was just a smart analyst guy 
who started acting all badass and stuff like that, that would there just would be a disconnect for why this like head smart guy is suddenly like freaking Mission Impossible style. And like in the new Mission Impossible, when you have Jeremy Renner in there and like there's all the shit goes down and everybody's like, you know, you fight pretty well for an analyst. Like there's a whole like an analyst is supposed to behave a certain way. And if they behave outside of that, there's something wrong or different. But in here we get that he was just going to school to learn all this stuff. And 9-11 happened, and he changed venues and went into the military, became a trained soldier, and that training is why he's able to, you know, leap around and do crazy stuff and hang off the back of cars as they're driving and everything like that. So it's like, it's not just a guy who's fish out of water and suddenly in this crazy, like, in the trailer, they kind of feed this as like, you're just an analyst, but now you're activated, here's a gun, now you gotta do this crazy shit. In, but we get a reason why he's actually able to accomplish this stuff because he is a trained soldier. So it's like there's they're filling in information. They're just doing it in a way that um, they're just missing the opportunity to make this film super compelling by missing the tone of a things that are actually legitimately funny in the film um, that should have been played more uh, tongue in cheek and then. Uh, spending the time to sort of flush out the craziness that's happened. Yeah, I mean, I think I agree that the movie has plenty of potential. I mean, there's a whole wealth of, you know, plot and character elements to pull from, obviously, from the books. But the fact that they executed in like the weakest way possible is just, I mean, it's disappointing. Like I, I compared it to Gangster Squad, like this year's like the same kind of time frame of last year where that movie had a ton of potential and it just all was wasted. I mean, it had, you know, great, great actors and great people behind it. And it just was a complete, uh, it was a complete mediocre disappointment. And the fact that like something that's just so like routine and safe, I feel like that's like even more offensive because they're they're thinking that you're just going to a you know regular Joe Blow moviegoer is just gonna go in and you know accept it and it's like, but it's so generic like I mean there literally I feel like no thought was put into this movie like that's what it feels like when I watch it I mean it's just there's nothing new or surprising whatsoever. All right, well here's here's the real question for E. Carson and this will this will allow you to uh, to rank how you feel about this film in a way that people who are long listeners of the podcast uh, will actually be able to understand and quantify. You have the choice. You are, you are the studio exec. You have the choice between making another Alex Cross film or making another Jack, uh, Jack Ryan film. Which do you make? I would... Uh, I don't know, because I, I feel like that they're both on the same level. Gun, gun, just... gun to your head, Carson. Which one's better? Well, obviously, Jack Ryan. I would rather watch another Jack Ryan movie. All right. With, there if, you have it. They, Carson Patrick says Jack Ryan best film of the year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they put like, come on. If they had like, first of all, I mean, you need a script. Like, they need to have a strong script because like, all of this stuff could have been, could have been done well, and it's not. I mean, I I think like one, yeah, the tonal. Not so much tonal issues. I I think it would have benefited from having you know a more tongue in cheek tone for sure. I mean, because uh, it's very self serious and 
you know, B, it just needed a stronger script in general because it's like it's just so breezy and nothing is really fleshed out. I mean, the the you know the plot of the movie just feels so thin, and the stakes are just they're nowhere to be found. So, um, uh, Carson, the stakes were all of the U.S. being thrown into yeah, the Second Great Depression. I know, but I mean, Jack Ryan is totally gonna save the day. I mean. That's what I'm. Th- that's what I'm thinking. That's what I feel like. You know, that it's just like, and the way that it plays out is like, oh, that's all it took. Like, okay, I don't know. It just is. Uh, it's a big disappointment, and and it's it, it just feels very, very. I mean, it just feels very safe and generic. Like, I just don't. I I feel like this is exactly how the new RoboCop is gonna be. Just like super mundane and just like, why did they even bother? Like, it just feels unnecessary. Well, e- even if the new Ro- RoboCop was awesome, you would just poo-poo it and say it's not as good as the original. No, probably. I, you know, I, it, actually, there's I, no been, way it's going to be as good as the original. I've I've actually been thinking that we should do a review of the original RoboCop before. Uh, the 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 remake happens so that you can be on tape saying and trying to explain why the original is so good because yeah. otherwise because you tend to like just be like no nope, original is better without any justification for like why you think the original is better um, so if you could go on the record beforehand explaining what is so awesome about the original RoboCop then we do the review of the remake. And then we can see how those jive together. I I would totally do that because I'm sure the the original it's just gonna be like Total Recall all over again. All right, and I have gone on record saying that the original Total Recall is not yes, really that great. The one person in America in life. <laughs> yeah, if if all those people could watch it now without this like air of nostalgia hanging over that film. I think they'd realize that it's sort of more zany than. Um, but that's but that's the thing, and that's a good example of what Jack Ryan, this new Jack Ryan, should have been. Like the this new Jack Ryan, hue or you know skews more closely to the Total Recall remake than the original Total Recall. Like I feel like this movie needed some zaniness thrown in. Like forget about the nostalgia. Like that movie just is on a whole different level in the sense that like, come on, you remove Mars from that story, you remove what makes that movie fun and what makes, you know, all the, you know, intricacies and like, you know, little like, uh, what am I trying to say? All the little, you know, like satirical things. You take that all out of the movie. Like, I mean, that's what I feel like Jack Ryan is. It's just like we took all the fun out and this is what you get. Just boring Jack Ryan. All right. Well, so there you go. On that note, Carson, why don't you uh, rank this film for everybody as far as how you would recommend it? So, would you give this a must see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait for rental, a pass with a caveat, or a must avoid? Uh, I'm going to give it a must avoid because I, I just, like I said, there's really nothing that this movie has to offer. Like, it's not terrible, but the fact that it is so weak just puts it down, like, way more because i mean really if someone said like hey should i see jack ryan it's like no like if you've seen the trailer then you're good like i i just feel like that it has nothing more it has nothing to offer than what you've already seen and the movies that you know i've that we've been referencing like there's just way better examples 
of what to go see you know especially jack reacher like if you haven't seen jack reacher i would just say go rent that it's on netflix streaming so just go on netflix and watch that instead of you know save your twelve dollars uh for you know for i frankenstein i guess <laughs> by the way that punch that he does in the air annoys me every time i see the trailer that slow motion punch <laughs> because he's not even facing the thing he's punching he's like dude that like, movie... i'm pretty i'm pretty sure that 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 punch was shot uh vertical and then switched to horizontal i'm pretty sure that movie is going to be hilarious uh Although probably not, it'll probably just be really boring. But I don't know. Well, anyways, I'm I'm just gonna give this a a wait for rental. Um, this film is the the spy genres version of the remake of Red Dawn. It's I I, <laughs> yeah, I don't which think was it's also really bad. I don't think it's I think it's it's uh, supremely mediocre. It, it is it is like there is nothing offensive like i think that's the way i describe red dawn remake is there's nothing offensive about the film it's there it is it doesn't do anything particularly bad it just doesn't really do anything amazing or special or unique it's sort of just like a vert like it's just there and you can watch it and i enjoyed it um for what it was uh it's not going to go on any sort of lists of super great um, spy genre thrillers it's sort of just a film that i watched and while i was watching it i had fun you know it's sort of like carson i wanted this film to meet me halfway and you know it got halfway there so <laughs> <laughs> well you are uh, very easy to please <laughs> uh Pre- predictable to a fault just like this movie <laughs> <laughs> all right well carson why don't you tell everybody where they can find us uh, find you <laughs> i we can find me on uh practicalcandy.wordpress.com cool people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at the spoilerwarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show you can follow us on twitter at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning if you want to figure out when these episodes go live or you can like us on facebook.com slash the spoilerwarning if you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Music for this episode will likely come from soundtrack to uh, Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. So hopefully you're enjoying the music more than Carson enjoyed the film. Yeah, and once uh, I didn't mention, uh, lots of shaky cam in this movie. Yeah, uh, there there are no several bueno. scenes where I was like, Carson's gonna hate it. There's a pretty much every action sequence was like, mm, great. That dude, when they crashed in that helicopter, that was akin to like them crashing the plane in Expendables two. It was like, well, I can't see a damn thing. <laughs> well, at least <laughs> at, at least in that shot of all the scenes that they use shaky cam in this film, that one is probably the most accurate to what it would feel like being in a helicopter that was being shot down. <laughs> Probably, but it just seemed very, it just was, yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of shaky cam in this movie and, uh, didn't do it any favors. Well, not every vehicle crash can be the inside of the car shot from Mission Impossible. (laughs) From the new Mission Impossible. Um, Yeah, that's why, uh, Ghost Protocol. Basically, just go watch any Mission Impossible movie instead of Jack Ryan. Except for the motorcycle one. Just (laughs) what? Dude, even Mission Impossible 2 is better than this movie. This mission just got a lot more impossible. (laughs) 
Uh, basically, Tom just put put in a Tom Cruise movie and call it a day. <laughs> you know what makes me the most mad about that Mission Impossible? Is is that the one where it starts with him climbing on the rocks? Yeah, that's yeah. the rock one. When yeah. he gets back to like that party with his wife or whoever the hell, um, and he starts telling like he's trying to have the fake cover story of being a guy who analyzes traffic. And then he says, that, oh, yeah, you know, you watch somebody tap their brakes and you can watch that ripple through a system and blah, blah, blah. I was more interested in that scene and let down that I couldn't get more information about. Like, I wanted him to keep talking about that theory of traffic. <laughs> I don't know why. Just What, more so than, like, the John Woo doves? I mean, not necessarily more than the rest of the film. It's just, I, I just, I remember being really, really interested in that scene and being like, damn it, it's just this cover story. Ah, uh, I see. Well, I was more interested in this movie when, because I was just sitting there thinking uh, of how the three leads, Chris Pine, Keira Knightley, and Kevin Costner, have all been in Tony Scott movies that were movies that I'd rather be watching. Because <laughs> I, I felt like that's what this movie needed, was like, it needed that kind of like level of energy. It needed Denzel Washington, but... But then not you would have just complained about that movie, too. Not in safe house <laughs> mode, though. In, like, two guns mode. So you don't and want like, him getting waterboarded. You want him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, with his fake grill on. And I uh, want him driving the, the train in Unstoppable. <laughs> That's what I want. Ah, <laughs> <him>. my man. <laughs> All right. Well, Carson, what do you say we call it an evening? All right. All right. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time.